0: Welcome to the Imperfect and Normal Families Only podcast, the podcast for normal families like yours and ours who are honest enough to admit that we have no idea what we're doing, but we're wise enough to trust in the one who does. And so we hope that we can give you some good advice and direction today for your listening pleasure. Before we get into our very, very special episode today, let's talk about what's in the news. The news is all bad. We're in the middle of this coronavirus epidemic, and it means that our families are all sequestered at home. Kids are home from school. Employees are home for work. Most of our stores are shut down. We can't find toilet paper anywhere. Healthcare system is being stretched thin, and our economy is tanking. It's all bad news. But somewhere in the middle of it, God's got a plan for us to find his very, very best for our families. It's almost like he's enabling through this horrible, horrible circumstance for all of us to take a pause and to find ways to reconnect uh, mandatorily with our families at home. And because of the coronavirus, we've all had to make some significant adjustments to our lives, our schedules, our work, our money, our shopping, our toilet paper use, all these things have been overwhelmed. And so what we thought we would do is have a very, very special interview with a couple who has worked together from home for a number of years and is now managing their kids together. and. For lack of a better word, we see them as kind of experts on how to maintain your sanity and your marriage and your home life while sharing close proximity to one another. So enjoy this interview as our very special, special uh, feature presentation today as we talk about how your family can thrive in the midst of a quarantine. Well, we're excited to have our friends, uh, Brooke and Jared Cecil with us. Uh, we've known Jared and Brooke for, it, as individuals for probably 13, 14 years since we've lived in Atlanta, Jen, right? Because they, they've been there that long. and yes. uh, we moved. Oh, the
1: stories I could tell.
0: In 06. And then they started dating and got married. Uh, Brooke and, and Jared, just do a quick introduction of yourselves. Tell me again, uh, family background, how long you've known each other, how long you've been married, all that good stuff.
2: Yeah. I moved down to Georgia in 2004. Mm-hmm. And Brooke moved down in 2006.
3: 2008.
2: Just kidding. Uh, Well, we (laughs) met each other in 2006. Excuse me. We met in 2006. Brooke went down in 2008. We got married in 2010. Had our first kiddo in 2012. Our second in 2014. And here we are now with a a pre-K and a first grader and doing life. You want to talk about our jobs?
0: Yeah. What's work for y'all?
3: Yeah, so I um, I work for a company that is a virtual staffing agency. I've been with them for at least seven years in July. Um, so I oversee all of our client experience, just ensuring that um, our clients are taken care of, served well, um, we're filling all the needs that they have, um, as well as the contractors that we work with, which are virtual assistants and virtual bookkeepers and web specialists. Cool. Um, so That's
2: what I do. Jared? I run a small business out of the home. Uh, It consists of photography, graphic design, video production, and social media marketing strategy for various companies. Uh, I build websites. I manage social media accounts for other businesses and things like that. So it's just kind of a big creative umbrella that I do a lot of things under, and I really enjoy it. I've been doing that for a year and a half now as my full-time gig. It was always a side hustle, but now
0: it's the real deal. Jen talk for a minute about how Jared is a talented photographer and artist
1: say, I was just about to say I say and he is amazing at everything he touches and does and is the only photographer that can make me look halfway decent on any of our headshots or any things that we use for info for families and I'm internally grateful I just joke that I wish I could look that good in real life <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, here's, here's the way I'd classify Jared if our house caught on fire right now was an inferno we had to rush out and grab a few things the things that we would grab would probably have Jared Cecil's fingerprints all over it because it's pictures he's taken of us over the years and that kind of thing so we love that what's unique about y'all most particularly for our conversation today is you both work from home and that's kind of what's unique here Um, you have two kids in the home now that are there because of uh, government mandated homeschooling if you will because we're all quarantined but Jared you posted something on Facebook a week ago or so about kind of the, the, the dimensions of working at home and the challenges of that that I think was really needful. You got that Facebook post somewhere in front of you? I do. I what wrote, uh,
2: I wrote Brooke and I will be offering classes on how to work in the same home as your spouse and also have small children and not murder each other. <laughs> Love we've been doing it for roughly three years now and let us know if you'd be interested.
0: Well, I think that's what the, we should title pod, this podcast, that very thing, how to work <laughs> at home together, raising small children and not Nobody murder somebody that 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 could be the subtitle of this podcast just how to we're calling this kind of how to thrive during a quarantine, but but that's the subtitle. That's the real stuff. So what we want to do is pick y'all's brain for a little bit. You're ahead of the curve. Most of us have had a serious adjustment of uh, working from home, if that's been the move, which is, if it hasn't been the move for you yet, watching our government, watching the news, it's probably going to happen for most of us for a short time at least, maybe even for the foreseeable future. This is this coronavirus thing has just caught us all off guard. Mm-hmm. It's changed everything. So we're all coming home. We're all isolating ourselves, and we're all carrying some distance from the world. Uh, Schools shutting down means our kids are home for, again, at least through spring break. If I had to put my money on it, I'd say the school year is probably going to be at home until May. I just think that's going to be the reality. And if that's the case, uh, we need to figure out how we can function our homes. And so, uh, Jared and Brooke, I'd love for you guys to give us some direction. I asked you before this recording, hey, give me some, some best practices, some categories of things you can collect your thoughts in and you gave me a list of eight things. So I'd love to walk through these eight things just to get a general picture of, of everyday life, what, what rhythms you figured out, how you've been able to balance work before the coronavirus, but now with the kids home, even some things you've had to do that maybe we could all learn from, and Jennifer, and I could kind of pick your brains and, and give thoughts. Is that cool? Yeah. absolutely. That's great. Very good. Well, uh, you gave me eight things, and, and let's talk about eight categories, and we'll spend three or four minutes in each of these. The, the first thing is scheduling. How important is it for us when the temptation is to roll to bed, sleep late, uh, turn on the news. I mean, I've been in my pajamas since, you know, morning till about noon today. You know, it's a real temptation just to kind of allow our lives to kick into a malaise of, you know, we're all duped, we're all stuck at home, who cares about anything. Yeah. Uh, tell me tell me how scheduling has been an important part of y'all's life before the coronavirus, but even now, more importantly, as it's kind of kicked in.
3: Yeah, I think for us, um, like you said, even before all of this, we've had to have a very structured schedule Um, Just because our kids are at two different schools in um, opposite sides of town. So just from transportation to drop off, pick up, you know, um, meetings thrown in there. Um, And the crazy thing currently is my work is the same. So my schedule hasn't adjusted, um, but my circumstances have. So us relying on a schedule has been really important for us just to not murder one another Um, to be able to just have expectations. And I know we'll get into that later of just, this is what our day will look like tomorrow will most likely look different, but here is what my day looks like. Here's what you need to do. And there's it's a non-negotiable versus what I need to do. And it's a non-negotiable and how do we, split the time between work and our kids um, and do that well um, or to the best of our ability each day yeah. um, because one thing that we've always tried to do is be fully present either in work or with our kids, not both because it just doesn't work well for either our our jobs or our children so.
1: I really think that we need practical help with that. Like, could you yeah. give us sort of a glimpse of what your day looks like? And, and that's really what I'm so curious about is how you can compartmentalize it because Barrett has started working from home a lot with info for families. And I feel like our life
0: just, it's a mush.
1: <laughs> every- yeah. 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 That's so hard. with that, um,
3: info feel free to, i oh, well. <laughs> um, but one thing that we've done is we've kept our structure the same in terms of, we all get up and we have breakfast together. We do the kids devotional. Um, I found an app called kids news that we've been doing with the kids just to start getting them engaged and let them know what's going on in the world. Mm, um, and then even down to saying the pledge of allegiance every morning.
0: <laughs> Nerd <weird>. alert. <laughs> I like
1: that.
2: I, since our kids were young, I think we, we, we used the moms on call book for the um, scheduling when it came down to feedings and nap times and stuff like that. And I think they had a lot of good practical advice. And one of the things that I really took to heart was that kids need routine. They need schedule because especially at a young age, when they're cognitively not even close to developing, that's how they learn. They learn by repetition. Mm -hmm. And so to give them repetition, to give them that structure over and over again, that gives them comfort that gives them security. They know that when mommy's door is shut and when daddy's out, daddy's the person you go to. And when daddy's in his office and the door's shut or you hear him working on a video, you need to talk to mommy during that time. Or if mommy and daddy say, you've got got until two o'clock to go outside and play, then we'll bring you back in. That's what's happening. And so Mm -hmm. our kids have known schedule from Mm -hmm. a very night. So so on the Sunday before we started with uh, schooling, being at home, we came up with a schedule from nine o'clock until three o'clock. And it was basically 30 minutes of learning time and then 30 minutes of free time, 30 minutes of reading time, 30 minutes of free time, 30 minutes. Of, and we just did that until lunch and then we repeated over again until the afternoon. And so for us, those 30 minute blocks allowed them to get outside and get that. You know, get the energy, get just being out in the in the sunshine, or just do freely whatever they want to do. Uh, it allows us to get work done, and I think a big thing too is, especially with us being locked in the house and iPads and TVs being anywhere, there's the temptation to overstimulate our kids with information and with learning apps and all this stuff. They just need to go and play and be sure. kids because this is out of their norm too. So scheduling in complete freedom. Within, within reason, I think is very important too.
1: Yeah. That okay. is so awesome. And we did with the
3: schedule then was we overlaid mainly mine because my job is very meeting heavy and um, I figured out where I could flex my meetings so I could, once again, I could help with whatever subject I needed to that day. Um, and then that would give Jared reprieve to go up into his office um, and we joke, but I, my office is off our master bedroom, and I close my office door and I lock my master bedroom door. Yeah. And the kids good. just know you do not, do not. Mommy's Fortress endure.
2: of Solitude. Do oh speak, can we speak to that real quick, just the way our house is laid out? Sure. So upstairs uh, is Brooke's office. Brooke's office is right off our master bedroom, like she was just saying. And then right across the hall is my office. And so when, on a normal day, when the kids go off to school, We go in our offices and we work and we don't see each other until lunchtime. Mm -hmm. And that's if Brick doesn't have a call during lunchtime or I'm not going off on a shoot somewhere. But we Mm -hmm. normally every day meet for lunch. We have lunch together. We try as best as we can to not do any kind of work-related stuff or really talk about that. We just have lunch together. When schedule works out, we like to squeeze in a Friday lunch out of the house. Mm -hmm. So go to our favorite restaurant or something like that and have something good to eat. Um, but we do that we tell people we, we work across the hall from each other, but we do not really talk to each other. And then boom, we meet for lunch and then we go back to our offices until it's time to, to get the kiddos. And for me on a normal week, uh, I'm usually the one that takes the kid that takes Carson to school. Carson, we usually leave here at around nine o'clock and he gets to school at nine 30. And the reason that is, is because Brooke usually has a lot of meetings in the morning. So I just understand in working together, that's just part of the give and take. I'm going to be the one that will normally take Carson because it's just the way Brook's schedule works out. And you just have to be okay with that. You have to you know, not keep track and say, well, I did it yesterday or the day before.
0: And let's pause there. There's a real temptation during the season to kind of start. We all keep score or, or mentally are tempted to keep score. There's probably a lot of that going on right now regarding – managing all the stuff we got to manage right now. And so, especially if we're still busy and jobs are still very demanding. And so, uh, we got to lay that down for sure, this temptation mm-hmm. to, to keep scoring things. My curiosity with two offices across the hall, is there any office romance going on? That seems like a real temptation. <laughs> there
3: is. Jared okay, good. tells people often that he has a fling with
0: a girl across the hall. Great. Love it.
3: I love that.
0: Love it. Too cool. Awesome. Well, you mentioned you touched on one of our other kind of best practices or categories of conversation. It's kinda of down my list, but expectations. Let's just zoom into that real quick because you mentioned that in setting a schedule, in making a plan. Having real expectations for that is probably critical because you especially in the early days of this, we've got to keep on, I don't know, adjusting and and moving and not being so rigid what we do because you know, we're making this up as we go along. None of us have got this figured out yet. So how do you guys establish realistic expectations for one another, for work, what you're going to get done, what you're not going to get done, what the kids are going to accomplish, that kind of thing?
2: I think, let me just speak to as a guy. Uh, When Brooke and I got married, I had a really bad habit of throwing, just leaving my clothes all over the house, right? Shoes, socks, pants, just left was, all over the house. He still has the I, issue. I still have the issue. <laughs> um, but I think when speaking to expectations, one of those things you have to learn, and, you know, most people learn it at some point during their marriage, hopefully they do or else it's, it's, it's a long road ahead, um, is that you're a team. And it's, it even comes down to as simple as saying, like, when I'm, doing, when I'm putting away the dishes, or when I have the kids help me clean up, we don't say things like, we're helping mommy. No, 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 yeah. it's not mommy's job to clean yeah. up the house. It's not mommy's job to do the laundry all the time. Now, does mommy end up doing some of those things more than daddy? Yes, but it's all of our responsibility to pitch in And so that's part of that expectation is, especially for guys, don't expect that you know, if, you, if you have a job that you know, has you uh, in the office all the time and now you're working at home, don't expect for your wife just to do everything and wait on you hand and foot. You have to have relationship sure. that her world has been turned upside down too. And I'm speaking generally because that's typically what we see yeah. when uh, the wife is at home and the, and the husband is working. I know it's flip-flop in some scenarios, but sure. I think that's a big thing is it's for guys in your mindset. You just got to get over, you got to swallow whatever pride you've got, whatever gender roles were, you know, placed upon you when yep. you were a young person and just realized, hey, we're in this together and we're going to share these responsibilities. And, and For early on in our marriage, one of the things we did was ask, what's the thing you hate to do? Mm-hmm. And Brooke told me, I hate to unload the dishwasher. So I try my best to remember to unload the dishwasher for Brooke. Sure. Um, I love to sweep. So sweeping and vacuuming, we do. I'll do that anytime we think. So.
0: You know, Amy Reno, Jen, we have a friend of Amy Reno who has uh, some communication she does and a little video she makes. Amy posted something yesterday, Jen, that I saw that was about encouraging your kids to recognize their role in pitching in with the family. During this time, you know, we, we may lose some ground academically during the next couple of months, but it's a great time to, to, to communicate your kids the, the the bonding you can have as a family as we all kind of pitch in together and lock, lock arms together to tackle some of the things in our home we need to tackle. And so, uh, I think
1: that is a part of raising great kids is them knowing they play a part in that yeah. Uh, and that they have to do it. They need to do it. They got, you know, some sort of allowance for it because I wanted all of them to realize, you know, you, you have a part in this and we need you. And, you know, I really think it builds great work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um So it's all good, and I do love talking about the gender roles because everyone knows I've struggled with my health in the last few years, and Barrett's really had to pitch in and do a lot that he typically hasn't done in the past, and it's made me feel so guilty, but then Barrett's like, gosh, Jennifer, you... You did homeschool our kids and do a million other things while I was out being a youth minister and a family minister. Here's how so I put churches. it. You,
0: yeah, you served me for 25 years straight. It's my turn to play catch up. And so there is a little bit of keeping score there, but it's not like in, in a way that I want to put more on you or you want more on me. We want to outserve one another. And this is a great time to bring out the very, very, best in our marriages and our families by how can we how can we work to out-serve one another and, and bless one another.
1: And I love the way that y'all are talking about that. Um, Y'all are amazing, and I'm so grateful for your insight today.
0: Yeah, hey, I saw a pro tip uh, online the other day, and I posted. It's a pro tip for couples suddenly working from home together. Get yourselves an imaginary coworker yes. to blame things on. <laughs> yes, I love
1: that. And a girl says, that. in
0: our apartment, Cheryl keeps leaving her dirty water cups all over the place, and we really don't know what to do about her. So, yeah, just, just come up with a random name. Cheryl, she did it again. and Make sure all the bad guy is opposed to each other. It's a great I word. I was thinking of a person that I used
2: to work with, and that's the name...
0: Oh, just like, uh, it pops yeah. in your head. Yeah. Why is he Playing doing there? It's driving me nuts. Well, anything else on expectations or real estate expectations? you think we got kind Maybe of... From like a work standpoint.
3: Yeah, I think, um, like I mentioned, my job is extremely meeting heavy. Um, and so just you know, Jared is the kind of fly by your seat of the pants in the relationship.
0: We, we have no idea what you're talking about in the Johnson <laughs> no. house. We're, we're not stereotypical oh that way at all.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but I think it took uh, a minute for him to really understand, like there's not really a lot of flex in my schedule. Um, yeah. and just to kind of be okay with where, where we stood in that. Um, yeah. And, but from there, you know, um, even silly things um, like when we were, he would go and pick up Carson or drop off Carson, and, you know, he's in the fleet of all the moms, and I'm here working. Um, that took me a while to kind of get over. Me
1: too. Uh, me too. Yeah. Barrett takes Maddie back and forth and it makes me feel so guilty. And I'm like, okay, it's all right, Jennifer. <laughs> like, yeah. I just got to let it go.
3: Yeah. But just, um, I think just giving myself grace and yes. also giving yeah. him, him grace because even his jobs now, they're at wacky hours. Mm-hmm. You know, he does not work a nine to five. And Yeah. So, um, just having the expectation of he's probably not gonna be at home every night for dinner. And that's okay because yeah. you know, he's contributing to our family. Um, and so just reminding ourselves that we aren't the norm and yeah. uh, and that's okay because we can you know Jared lost his job in November of 2019, 2018. 2018. And um when he was looking for a new job since he had been working from home more before he got let go, we just finally said, like, we don't want to give up what we have and what we're giving to our kids because our kids are always with us. If they're not at school, they're not with a friend or at church, they're with us. And we wouldn't trade that for him getting a six figure job downtown to never be home. That's yeah. right. You know, this was worth much more to
0: Indeed. us yeah, than that. So. Super. Well, you mentioned uh, on our list of kind of uh, best practices, you talk about dedicated workspace. And Jerry, you talked about that a minute ago. We have places that are designated for work and we go to those places to work and then we try our best to leave that there and and not work when we're not in those spaces. That that just requires discipline to create that area and and carve out those times and just, and just stick with it, I guess. Um, but it does, it can bleed over at times, but just trying your best to keep that bleed over to a And we struggle with that, Jen. That's that's obviously, we've kind of entered a world of just big mushy, it's kind of all blending together. And it's been the hardest thing for us probably the last several years working from home too. So uh, just got to constantly work at it.
1: Well, my question that is kind of along that line is Jared is a super social guy and I love that about you and you're so great about social media and stuff. How what are y'all's boundaries with social media being on your phone and doing stuff like that like in your common everyday day in and day out?
2: I would say that we don't have any hard fast boundaries other than not at the dinner table, breakfast table, lunch not when we're out like, um, on dates or right. as a family dining out. Um, and we try not to when the kids are with us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, part of my job is contributing to social media for a couple companies. Right. So there's times where I'm posting and my kids are sitting right there and they're curious as to what I'm doing or I'm responding to someone online. But we've told them part of daddy's job is being on his phone. And so it's not that daddy is ignoring you or whatever. And so just they have that expectation. But there's also the honesty between Brooke and I. And it's it's a different way. Like you said, Jennifer, I'm much more of the social media type person. So Brooke will say to me, Hey, get off your phone, you know, let's just hang out, put your phone away, or something like that. I'll say to Brooke, Are you checking work email right now? Do you need to be responding to work email right now? Are you responding yeah. at 10 o'clock at night? Do not set yeah. this precedent. And so there's a lot of that honesty and accountability with each other. And we've always had that that level of communication where we can be very honest. And every once in a while, it comes to where we'll just have our, like, quarterly come to Jesus with each other. and <laughs> Let's talk about how we're doing yes. with our,
0: yeah. Own, yeah, and sure. our,
2: and our expectations on that.
3: Yeah, but I would say boundaries in general. Um, I am, Jared refers to me as a social media stalker. Um, I do not contribute. <laughs> In social media, but I love to see what everybody else is doing. <laughs> um, yeah, but but in terms of technology, and when you were talking about dedicated workspace, there are times, especially during stressful seasons and work, I will leave my laptop in my office because mm. I know otherwise I will want to engage with something that I'm not going to solve at 10 o'clock at night, you sure. know, or whatever it might be. So I'll do that. But we also. Um, I turned off all the notifications on my phone. So we're not getting dings except for our calls, what the phone is made for That's good. <laughs> um, calls or text messages. Um, but we, and we also just because our kids like to grab them and take pictures of themselves, we have passwords and all the things locked. Down.
0: Sure.
1: Yeah, that's Very great. Good. Thank you.
0: Well, you touched on something. Let's move into the category. Let's talk, uh, communication between the two of you, which we're kind of delving in right now. How important is it to, to balance work life, to manage a home? Let's think particularly as it relates to everyone being kind of sequestered right now, limited access to other people. Um, how is it important to communicate, maybe from expectations to stuff more deep, kind of more how I'm feeling right now. I mean, let's, let's talk both uh, the management of the home for a moment, but let's talk also about how we stay in touch with each other's hearts uh, within our homes with our kids and each other. Uh, so maybe two categories there. How do you communicate just expectations and schedule and, and how things are operating? Is it just important to stay open, booked to one another?
2: I think communication and expectation go hand in hand because if you don't communicate, then you're bound to have your expectations dashed or you're not some expectations.
0: If, if you never articulate them, then what right do you have to have those expectations in the first place? Yeah. And I'm notorious
2: for having really high expectations about certain things. And so there's many times where I, on a communication standpoint, I just need to keep my mouth shut. In fact, today, uh, Brooke came home with groceries and she had, you know, her, her and Isabella had braved the store and come back with a lot of stuff. And Did I, you find toilet paper? We don't need no, anyone. We don't need any, we We're don't good. Need any We're but good
1: they the did moment. have some. If you need okay. Okay. we need some. Okay. 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 just just second.
2: <laughs> but there was something that you got or didn't get, and I made a comment, but you didn't. I don't, you 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 may have not even like thought about it, or but in my head it triggered the thought of. I don't, there's no reason for me to say anything, right? I just need to leave that alone. And that's, it was cereal. Oh, cereal! I asked if that's right. I asked if she got any more cereal because we had just run out of a couple boxes that morning. She said, "No, I didn't realize we needed any." And we just left it at that. Now, a few years ago, I'm like, you know, continued that point and said, "Why didn't you? Why did you saw that we put the you know thing away?" That happens when you don't communicate, and so um, I think
3: I did ask if he needed anything before I left.
2: <laughs> so communication. Like I said, if you you don't communicate, you're gonna have those expectations ruined. Uh, But part of it is just expressing what your expectations are before you, you know, as you start that communication process. Mm -hmm. Um, I think about like when we, before we were doing the self quarantine, we would sit, because what would happen when we started working together is we'd get to, oh my gosh, you've got to pick up Isabella. I can't pick up Isabella, I'm in the middle of this thing. Well, I've got a meeting coming up in 10 minutes. All right, I'll go get her. And then I go get her, and it's like, why did you tell me you had a meeting? If you just tell me you had a meeting. So at the beginning of the week, before the school week starts, Brooke and I sit down, we look at our schedules, and we see, hey, here are some things that conflict with our kids' schedules, or with, you know, I have a rehearsal or I have a photo shoot. And so, what do we need? How do we need to plan around that? And then, tied into that, is that we share a couple calendars. We have a family calendar that we share through Google and we have My Photography that we share through Google. So those are color coded. And then Brooke has a whole calendar that I typically keep shut off because there's so much stuff in it, but it's her work calendar. And so I can check her work calendar quick to see if there's a conflict. When someone asks me to do work for them, they have a shoot coming up or we're trying to book a senior or family portrait session. I always say, let me check with Brooke first. We just need to look at the schedule. Sure. Always, that's just the first thing out of my mouth. Let me check. Looks okay right now. Let me check. And so it's just doing that first. I mean, it's it sounds so elementary, but having that time every week to refresh and then whatever you think about.
3: No, that's exactly
0: it. Well, Jennifer and I, we teach uh, marriage prep. Um, you know, we, we always talk about the importance of unmet expectations, and we talk about you know you you, you probably have some expectations pre-marriage that you don't even know yet, and it's going to come at you in the first year or two or three years of marriage, you're going to go, oh my gosh, I had no idea you saw things that way. And it's just, right. it is. I think during a coronavirus quarantine, like we're all experiencing, we're going to encounter every marriage, every family is going to encounter some things we've never faced before. And there may be an impulsive, instinctual way that you would respond to it, but your partner would respond to it completely different. That's where, again, it's important to say, let's talk about it. Let's outline our expectations, but but also to give a whole lot of grace yeah. in the middle of this. I mean, We've got to be willing to give a lot of grace because we're in uncharted territory here. None of us have been through this before. And uh, while someone like you guys have got a head start on working together at home, there's just dimensions of, of economy and retail and work and kids and school that... We just have no idea what to expect. So give each other grace and talk about it a whole, whole lot. Maybe key for all of us these coming days.
1: I think something you keyed in on a second ago, Barrett, and asking him those questions was um, we really do need to stop every now and then and just say, how's your heart? Like have a deep water conversation. Um, Barrett and I found ourselves having that conversation even today before we were podcasting. It's like, Barrett will even text me like really sweet, deep things on the phone, but he doesn't say it to my face. And I'm an ushy gushi
0: texter. I'm a he really is ooshy-gushy, tender-hearted ooshy-gushy texter.
1: texter. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like I'm having an affair with someone on my phone because the man <laughs> I live with in my house is not the same guy who's texting me on my phone, which is kind of fun, <laughs> I have to admit. But sometimes I want him to say that to my face yeah. or, you know, we really need to look each other in the face and say these heart-to-heart things. So. Yeah. Um,
0: So so beyond that. Pause
1: and make sure that we're all doing well and looking each other in the eye and checking on each other.
0: Communicating deeper things.
1: I mean, day-to-day is a lot with
3: kids our age anyway. Sure. Um, But when there's no reprieve and nowhere to go, um, I mean, I found myself Monday just felt like I ran a marathon. Yeah. Um, You know, and so we went outside and just, sat there and just took it in, you know, and then Tuesday we wake up and Jared's like, it feels like Groundhog's Day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I yeah.
1: know, I know. And you know, what's killing me is I had surgery on December 19th and I have not been able to bend over for three months and I'm not released by my neurosurgeon till the end of March to even bend over because we have to make sure my fusion fused correctly in my spine. So I've pretty much been stuck at home, and now I'm ready to party. (laughs) I'm, like, flipping out that this is happening because I've already been at home the whole winter. I am about (laughs) to lose my ever-living mind. And may I mention that Barrett and I were supposed to be leaving in a couple weeks to celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary on a Hawaiian cruise. And then a Hawaiian cruise that also goes to Tahiti. It's like, it's all just gone away.
2: We'll send you some of the, what's the uh, macadamia nuts?
1: Yeah. yeah yes. Oh my was like gosh. I think every day of that trip, we're going to research where we were going and learn something new and look at a different <laughs> picture of something new every day just to stimulate our minds. So Make us feel better. But everything has come to a screeching halt and it is... It's crazy and it's hard. And if anybody needs a 13-year-old um, mother's helper that has been self-quarantined and no illness has gone on, I'd be very happy to <laughs> hand her over. She's so bored. She's asking for a dog.
2: <laughs> Can I say one more thing about communication? Yeah. Yes. So when Brooke and I did our premarital counseling, we learned, and we knew it when we were dating, that Brooke and I are very different personality-wise. Uh, Brooke's a pretty black and white, and structure and disciplined, I am not structured, and not disciplined, and always like variety. So we knew that going in, but we made a conscious effort, and God has blessed our, our efforts, in that our differences would be complementary, and not antagonistic. Yeah. And they really they really have. And so when the Enneagram came out, we didn't need to take the Enneagram to find out about ourselves. We just took it to confirm what we already knew. Yes, sure, yes. That, you know, there are things that we can drive each other bonkers about, but those things can also strengthen and help each other. Yeah. And so for us, one of the things that we knew very early on in our marriage was that Brooke came from a family that didn't talk about their feelings or emotions a lot. And Brooke was not validated by sharing her opinions and thoughts. I came from a family where we always talked about stuff, whether it was yelling or a calm discussion. Yes. But we got it out. And so I told Brooke, I said, Hey, I understand that I don't always need to share how I'm feeling, but you're gonna have to start becoming a little bit more of a talker outer. And so we developed a system early on in our marriage where I would I could tell that something was bothering Brooke, and I would say, Brooke, how are you doing? And she'd say, I'm fine. And I would say, (laughs) fine, fine, or girl, fine? Girl, fine. I would say, do you want to talk about it? And she'd say, yes or no. And then we would go from there. But if she said, fine, fine, then I knew it was all good and I was reading it the wrong way. So very early on, we developed some tricks in our communication to really learn how to talk to one another, how to be perceptive. Yeah. Something's bothering me. Very good.
0: And that's probably, we need to put our hand on the pulse yes, to that. Sorry. And so, and so Jennifer, wife of mine, let me apologize to <laughs> want to know your heart and I want to know you're fine more than just fine, fine. And all the things here.
1: I love that though. And you know, every couple is surprised that they're opposites, but every couple are opposites. I don't, ever after 27 years of doing this, meet a couple who are the same. God, I don't even care if you met in a bar, if you met in church, God Mm -hmm. makes opposites attract. And it does. You can choose for it to complement each other the way that y'all have done so well. Or you can get married five times and realize five times that I'm not looking for that complimentary blend, you know, and I love that. Y'all stated that very well. And it's something that we've seen for years and years and yet. Every time we do marriage counseling, couples think they're the only ones on the planet who are so opposite from one another. So that's why we love speaking, podcasting, getting it out there that you're not alone. You're not the only couple who think completely opposite of one another. It's just you got to learn how to find that balance and strike the complimentary balance
0: you're speaking of. Well, and one of our categories we want to talk about is just understanding how each other works, which is exactly what you're talking about there. Just the differences yeah. and accommodating for differences and understanding and uh, realizing your, your partner's not going to operate or think like you. And that's can be frustrating at times, but usually it's a very good thing. It's a, yeah. it's a good thing that we think op- differently and approach things differently as long as you're, you know, providing the balance there. Fantastic. All right. Three more things. Uh, prioritizing. How do we figure out what's the most important thing to do right now? Prioritizing, in the course of a given week when we're all stuck at home because of a coronavirus, uh, how do we determine what's truly important and what we can give on? Have y'all figured out any, uh, I don't know, just day in principles or or ways that enable you to make choices for a given moment?
3: This has been something really hard for me because everything work related is always a priority for me. Um, I am like a, tasker got to check my list got to have it all done done it well and do it in a timely fashion so the idea of me not replying to all my emails before the end of the day drives me batty um and so now adding this layer of our kids being home and our our stance on being totally present with our kids when they are around um it's causing me just to kind of set back. And once again, this is not an obligation that my organization has placed upon me. This is something that I have just, as a perfectionist, have put it on myself to do. So I've had to work really hard at just letting that go. um, And also letting some of my meetings go that aren't mission critical to our business, but just in light of the circumstances we're in of, That can wait. But right now I need to be with my kids and help them with X or just be present, you know, because they're feeling the angst and all of it as well. So um, that's probably the biggest thing for me um, of what what is most important for the day. um, And that could be different each day.
2: Yeah. I think for me, yeah, uh, prioritizing is a weird word for me. Because I'm a plate spinner. Brooke is a list checker, right? And I'm a plate spinner. At the end of the day, if I started with 10 plates spinning and I still got eight going and only two have dropped, it's been a pretty good day. (laughs) Um, And so that's one of those things that we had to come to an understanding about how we work. And so that's one of those things that Brooke is very different for me, but it helps me have more discipline. So when it comes to how we're dealing with what's going on now, I think for me, because my business has slowed, this is a slow season for me anyway. Um, but as my business has slowed, my, my priority has been, okay, let's help the kids just be calm, be understanding of what's going on as best as they need to. I don't want to overwhelm my kids with all the details, Sure, but just help them feel a sense of normalcy. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And, and know that this is what we got coming up. This is mommy and daddy's expectations. We're all in this together. It's going to be fine. We're going to get through this. Um, but then also, the other side of the um, the other side of that is just uh, helping Brooke out with just saying, "Hey, do you have to respond to that right now? Is this a thing that needs to be top priority?" And then understanding also, oh, this is something that mommy really has to do. Let's just go down here and let's go play. And let's go work on this." Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's that give and take, and you know, prioritizing right now is a big flex. But for me, in my heart, in my mind, I think that just. Giving our children as much normalcy as can be, uh, I think is really important because we're going to snap back, right? Things will be a little bit different, but we're going to snap back. But I really think about our kids and it might be that we, you know, I think for a lot of folks, uh, prioritizing this time with kids is something that we've just done a really poor job of, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and so it's a good way to just step back and look and say, let's see what really is it. Mm-hmm. And that time with family and connecting with spouses, that, that's what's really important.
0: Well, in the middle of all this, we know our economy is headed south. We know that, that everyone's getting sick and there's damage there. There's a lot of negatives about the season, right. but, but there's kind of a silver lining. I'm, I'm, everyone calls me a silver liner. I'm always looking for the positive in things. The reality is we are stuck at home. The reality is we are having intense time with our kids. The reality is most of our jobs are slowing down some. We don't, none of us would choose this, but if we do have it, how can we say, God, can we receive this as a gift and a blessing and how can we maximize this for good?
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: we're knocking off honeydew of hundred list at our house. We're getting a lot of work done around the house. We're organizing things. We're cleaning stuff We're we're spending time with kids in a way that we haven't done before. You know, we're, we're looking for ways to do that to the best of our ability and, and maybe we all needed a pause right now. So it, it does, with our priorities, it makes us consider what is the most important, what can wait and what can't wait. So keeping that in line is, is a good thing let's talk two more things then we'll wrap up uh, flexibility we've kind of covered that some I guess it's probably a, a, a blanket over everything we're talking about here we, we've got to be flexible because we're making this up as we go along we don't know what we're dealing with tomorrow or next week uh, how long school's gonna be out until our jobs get back in line we, we've got to be flexible um, is that normal for y'all um, Jennifer is it normal for you I mean, flexibility we like routine but we can roll with it pretty well but it's the unknown is what probably is driving me the most batty I think Mm-hmm. make yeah. them the most insecure I, I mean,
1: Jared and gosh they are so us it's not even funny because <laughs> I am so much like Brooke I'm a perfectionist. I'm a box checker. I'm a list maker. And I want it all to be done right. And so flexibility, when we speak about that, it's directed towards, I, even when I speak in public, uh, sometimes I say, are there any firstborn bossy girls in here? Because that's me. I'm a firstborn bossy girl. And I've got an agenda and a plan. And I got a list. And if we can just punch it out, everything will be great. So I've got to be flexible, and that's something that I think only the Holy Spirit can remind me of in the moment when I'm even needing it, because on my own, it's a disaster. And I think it really is when the Holy Spirit of God just prompts me or stops me or says, shut your mouth. I, I have said that the voice of God in my head is very much, stop talking, Jennifer, be quiet, don't say that. Um, but I do believe that God wants to come alongside of us and help us with being flexible, especially when you're my type of personality. Mm -hmm. I would agree.
2: I think you, I think you touched on something there too. And we, we talked about it earlier about, you know, extending that grace to our spouses. I think in, in this time, uh, too, with, with being at home with the entire family, I think it's just as important as well to extend that grace to our children and understand that their lives have been turned upside down. And you know, our kids are young, they don't know the extent of it and that's good. And I want to keep it that way.
1: Right. The extent of them.
2: You know, Isabella is a firstborn, and she likes structure and she likes a yeah. schedule. And so when we throw things off, she's done so great. And we're so fortunate that our kiddos have just really rolled with whatever we've been kind of throwing at them. But I think it's important as parents to also verbalize to your children, Hey, thanks, buddy, for doing that. Hey, thanks, Isabella. I know this isn't what we said we were going to do today. Yeah. Just going along with it. I think that's really important because then we're modeling that behavior for them. That's right. they're, They're being validated in that we appreciate that they're going along with it, helping out the family, too. That's fantastic. Right.
3: And I think one thing that we have known when our, I mean, even during normal school weeks, we know come Thursday, our kids just, they're done. Yes. And it's been a long week and they are on the struggle bus from <laughs> Thursday night to Saturday night. I mean, it's our Friday night. And um so even today, I mean, the schedule that we have gone by, um albeit fluid, we just kind of got things done but not necessarily in the order because we just yeah. they just needed to kind of check out today. Yeah. Um you know, so we got the things done that her teacher had sent us but aside from that I mean they've been outside playing most of the day and, great. and, and they're okay with it. We're
0: okay yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, well, we Jennifer, started. you mentioned, oh God, so. <laughs> Jen, you mentioned a minute ago the, the fact that you've almost got to pin up on the Holy Spirit and say, God, in this moment, in this season, this circumstance with this kid, you know, what do they need right now? What are, in our marriage? What do we need right now? Let's, let's be sensitive to where God leading uh, us to do what needs to be done. And then give a moment. That's it's a moment by moment. that requires flexibility. Uh, let's talk one more thing and we'll wrap up. Uh, you, you mentioned on here the importance of getting away. Y'all have learned that in four or five, six years of, of kind of doing work from home together. Uh, getting away, we, we love that idea. Jennifer and I are fans, extreme fans of that principle. How has that played out as for a couple who works at home together and is kind of in each other's business a lot? You would think, we're well, around here all the time. When do you get away from each other or get away from the kids or what are you getting away from? What does that mean to you
3: Sometimes it's all of the above. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's all
3: um, I would say, you know, we, we don't have family near us. And so um, we are with our kids a lot. Um, we try to do date nights at least twice a month. Um, we would love to do more. We used to do more. Um, but when Jared lost his job, that was something that kind of took a back burner and we would, just go set out on our deck or watch a movie, you know, whatever. Um, So we've slowly been able to add those back in. Um, So we do date nights. um, And we also, we like just to kind of get out of our norm. So we'll take our kids hiking. We'll go up to North Georgia, take our kids hiking. And um, we like to do one big trip with them a year, but we also like to do one trip with ourselves, a larger trip um, each year. Um, thankfully we have four sets of parents so we we have options (laughs) Um, so we uh, but we really try to make it a point um, each day just to kind of have a time just the two of us to where we're just able just to talk about the day um, talk about how we're feeling um, Jared's not much of a feeling guy, so he's just like, yeah, I'm fine. I'll <laughs> let you know if I'm not. <laughs> I don't have are you mind. fine, fine?
0: Are you girl fine?
3: That's how Right, I- exactly. Exactly. And then there's times, you know, I'm in meetings all day and I'm like, I have no more words to give. <sighs> yes. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Just like, let me take a moment and just sit here. Um, but we also like to do things with our kids individually, um, and kind of have time just to... Either me with one kid or yeah. with one. Um, I think I a, like that's important.
2: I think a big word is intentionality. You've got to be super intentional about taking the time to do things. Because if you don't, you will fill it with other kinds of mindless things. You'll fill it with Netflix or Amazon Prime watching. You'll fill it with busybody stuff around the house. And so for us, it's very intentional. Hey, We're going to make Friday the lunch day. And we're going to, as long as your schedule permits it, we're going to get out and do this lunch. Hey, let's look at the calendar. Let's pick out two dates this month that we can go and go on a date. Hey, the buddies just called me. We're going to hang out tonight. They're going to come over. We're going to come over. And so, you know, I, I, again, I think you just have to be really intentional about it because understanding that everybody needs that. Even introverts need time with people. Right, well, and then
3: I would say on the flip side of that, me being someone that's extremely introverted, there are times that I just need to be by myself. I need yeah. to come upstairs. I need to read a book. And I don't want anybody to touch me, ask me a question or anything. <laughs> yeah. um, and so when Jared and his friends, like they have a AMC movie pass, when he's like, do you care if I go? And they're so wonderful. They wait till the kids are in bed. They go to the late show. You know, so they're there to help with bedtime. But I'm like, please. Please.
0: Believe. That is
3: great. Y'all have a great time.
0: <laughs> everybody um, wins.
3: Yeah, everybody wins. Because i that's how I recharge. Yeah. Um, and so...
0: I recharge around people.
2: So I have to be careful that I'm not trying to overload our schedule with friend gatherings and going out and things like that. I have to be mindful that my wife doesn't do the same thing. So sometimes it's okay just the four of us to go. Every Friday night we typically either go get pizza or we get pizza to take out. That's our family thing. Uh, and then usually on Saturdays we run around together and grab Chick-fil-A or something like that. So we have our family things, we have the individual kids, but again, it's just understanding how each one of us charges, refuels. Uh, and then also understanding that, You know, sometimes you just have to, you got to be real intentional and you got to get away. You got to, especially when you're working in the same house together, man, you just got to escape.
3: Well, and I would say this week, we're only week one, so this could change, but um, we've even gone out. Can you tell that our deck is our favorite place in our house?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We go out on the deck,
3: even when the kids are awake and we tell them that mommy and daddy just need time. Just the two of them.
1: We we have around... um, Padded chair that we would take the computer out there and have a movie night on the back deck. And we could see the kids looking at us through the window, but we were like, do not talk yeah. to us unless someone is bleeding yeah. or yeah. something's on fire or something. But yeah. we are having a date, it's just on the back porch. Right.
2: Well, that's what that uh, is scheduling the bedtime. I know a lot of parents, you know, kind of let their kids go to bed whenever, even when they're young. And that was a big thing that I remember telling Isabella, why do you guys get to stay up? And we have to go to bed early. Well, besides the normal stuff that you need to grow and mommy and daddy are not growing at least the way we want to grow anymore. (laughs) um, Mommy and daddy need time to catch up with each other and talk about stuff and just have time together. And so that's our time where we do that. So even with our kids, and that was something important that we expressed upon.
0: It's critically important. Love that. Well, has been such a good conversation. Let me ask yeah. you about getting away just real quickly. Uh, you know, do you think it's going to change with coronavirus? Think, again, dates are not possible right now as we know them. So I think, again, it's just like back porches and walks in the neighborhood, whatever else, just a long time, I think is is uh, what we got to find to do. And that works. It's just time to reconnect without kids and and tell your kids that that's more important than, than uh, you staying up. That's mom and dad being our time. And there's security in that. We've loved giving our kids that security of you don't like it, but. Uh, It's mom and dad need to be together and our kids have kind of grown to realize, yeah, we value mom and dad's time together because that's good for them.
1: We always teach that kids feel more, I don't know, uh, comfort from their kids, I mean, their parents being together and being mushy and uh, demonstrative. It just, every time a mom and dad come together in the middle of a living room and hug, kids come from every corner of the house and want to wiggle in between the mom and dad hugging and kissing. It's the most amazing thing. I want to do that social experiment in every country and just prove that it is true um kids somehow have spider sense and can sense that and it makes them feel so um i don't know Se- comforted and secure yeah well,
0: 10th graders though they run the opposite direction and go gross <laughs> and get a room and all that stuff that's yeah oh no deal well brooke and jared thanks so much for taking some yes. time to talk with us and just give us thoughts hope and pray that um everyone listening had a chance to hear something that was meaningful or something to encourage this uh, new normal that we're experiencing in these coming weeks. And just pray that God does something good in all of us in spite of the challenges and that we endure and come out the other side better people and better marriages and better parents, better kids, better family. That's our hope and prayer. We're all in perfect, normal families together. And so uh, we'll just tag off here, uh, uh, Brooke and Jared. Again, thanks for taking time with us. Appreciate y'all so much.
2: Thank you. God bless and stay healthy.
0: Yes. We'll definitely do that. Well, uh, that's all we got for us today. Well, uh, thanks for listening. and We'll catch you next time. Bye.